Welcome to episode 150 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Jules and Statoya. Running a successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs. In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when the entrepreneurs are committed to getting done. These are people who are pursuing their dreams, so we dig deep to understand how they are doing it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Kara Newmark is quite the GSD entrepreneur. She grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and went to law school, thinking she wanted to follow in her dad's footsteps. After practicing law for a few years, she realized the attorney life just wasn't for her. So she founded her own consulting firm focused on helping technology and life science incubators such as Nidus Center, Boeing's Incubator, CET, and BioGenerator Portfolio Companies. Getting recruited to a tech startup because of her expertise, she became immersed in the world of entrepreneurialism, where she wore multiple hats on any given day. After three years and the dot-com crash, this fast-growing startup came to a halt, and Kara was at a point where she needed to pivot. This pivot led her to a lot of soul-searching and the realization that she wanted to start something that could accomplish two primary things. Number one, become a national brand, and number two, create happiness. The result of that is her business called Sweetology. Think Build-A-Bear meets Willy Wonka. Kara is inspirational, incredibly smart, dynamic, energizing, and boundless in her dreams. We absolutely loved our time with her and hope you do as well. GSD Entrepreneur listeners, thanks for hitting play on us today. We are really, really excited. We have been trying to get this interview scheduled for over a year. Over a year. Over yeah. a year. I mean, so you know was, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, this is, we we met this dream boat at the uh, Beef Turkey Outlet. In, owned by, by the fabulous Kim Powell, mm-hmm. who actually is in the room with us right now. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Because um, our guest is one of Kim's very best friends. They've been friends for how long? 40 years. 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got to know each other when you were one. Well, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But so I'm here as your host, Jules, and I'm with my lovely co-host as always, Satoya. And our guest today is n- none other than the lovely Kara Newmark. And Kara started and runs a company up in where are you located? St. Louis. In St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. called Sweetology. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get Kara to tell us all about that. But we are really, really excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. So thank you for coming all the way from St. Louis. Absolutely. And I'm sorry it was so difficult. Uh, <laughs> I take all the responsibility for the fact That's that it's right. taken We've, a year. We finally have you in our presence. And we're <laughs> super excited. Yeah, you just it was just the anticipation. Yeah. You were good. Building up. good. So, yeah, we're really excited. So yeah. welcome to the show, Thank Kara. you. Thank you. Um, so let's do this. This is what we always do on our show is we just ask you to take us back. So mm-hmm. take us back as far as you want to go. We may take you back farther, but go ahead and just kind of start your story. Where'd you grow up? And then what was the path that got you to where you are now? Yeah. The goods, the bads, the highs, the uglies, the lows, all that. Exactly. Yeah. So I grew up in Dayton, Ohio with Kim. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... Why I, did you move to Charleston? You're an Ohioan. I, why did I move to Charleston? No, Charleston? why haven't you moved? I, I am mean, planning on it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, every time I come here, I'm just like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But she's like well, the most Kim, amazing yeah. host. I was going to yeah. say, so, if you live like, with Kim all the time, it's amazing. Like, exactly. Although I would too. need a lot of naps. <laughs> <laughs> and food. And food, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that the the answer is actually an interesting one as it relates to what you guys are up to because I was a lawyer by training. I went to law school. Mm-hmm. I was always going to be a lawyer. I didn't do a lot of thinking around that because my dad, I was daddy's little girl, was mm-hmm. going to go to law school. And I got out of law school and I'm sitting in this male world of litigating and literally my body would just react to being in these um, environments where it's it's all about scorched earth and you know mano y mano and egos and all of that and mm. um, I started paying attention to literally my body hmm. um, because I was having some physical I was like 20 24 and um, I started doing uh, transcendental meditation mm. at that time which then allowed me to kind of tune in. And I had this aha moment when I was 
um, I, I practiced law for two years, which was, you know, there, if you aren't in your body doing something that you love and actually at peace with that, then you need to actually be reflective of that. And mm. that I gave myself permission to always start evolving and that it was okay. Like even though you, you thought you knew where you were headed, yep. that you know sometimes you're gonna shift and ebb. And so now that I'm gonna take you through my career, you're gonna see that, and how I've coached people that um, I'm involved with, young professionals in St. Louis, is that you always have to give yourself permission to evolve mm -hmm. and, and change, change and, grow. and be mm -hmm. conscious yep. Of what you're experiencing and feeling and how you're, you're reacting because that will then give you some some guideposts and signals hmm. of where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So okay. uh, first of all, I want to I want to kind of go back a little bit. Um, so you talked about physical thing, physical changes, and I think women, and I don't want to say more than men, but I think women have the capability of knowing things aren't right. They have that, that intuition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have that intuition. We're born with it. I mean, we are. I, I, you know, if things aren't right, it doesn't matter. My, I, my mama can tell you that. I can tell you that. Um, if something wasn't right with me and I could be 300 miles away from my mom, my mom would know about yeah. it. Hmm. It, it. I think it's something that is just we're born with. So what were, like, some physical things so that you were going through? it's exactly what we were talking about before we went on air. Women have to put on this armor. Mm -hmm. And I was going into court. And I was, you know, in back in the day, I had to, I, the court required me to wear a skirt. Mm -hmm. Requ the court required you? Yes. Women, oh. lawyers were not, they required. Did men have to wear skirts? No. Okay. They didn't. <laughs> and even worse, they required me to wear stockings. Mm -hmm. Oh man, those are the okay. worst. Okay, so you literally, you're walking into court and you're, you, obviously you're wanting to do the best job you can and like we're all entrepreneurs, we're competitive and we're, mm -hmm. we want to be the best that we can be. And so, you know, I'd always done my homework, I'd always do whatever. And you put on your armor and you go in there and you're verbally battling ideas and mm -hmm. whatever, trying to win your, your argument. And then I would have to run to the bathroom and my bowels would just open up. Really? Mm -hmm. Like, I was creating all this, and, you know, I was probably a little, I was constipated before. Yeah. And then the minute that argument, and I always got the feedback when I, when I laughed, <laughs> you told me to be blunt. Yeah, yeah. be blunt. We and, all could. And my bowels would just release, <laughs> and, like, in a not uncomfortable way. <laughs> Don't tell them my issue. <laughs> Don't tell no, them. No, no, I'm poop phobic. Oh. Kim is poop phobic. I Okay. So, well, no, well, yeah. so I'm laughing because this is like hilarious. But your husband has told us this, so it's we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's one. Of, that's how I knew. Like I was just my physical body was not balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, well, then then that aha moment for me allowed me to then say, all right, what? How am I going to change? And so, I went into. Uh, corporate law, I was in a legal department and started doing HR. But so did you grow up as a debater? Like what would no. make you go into law? Was your, were My your dad. parents? Your... I was daddy's little girl. And he was an attorney? He was an attorney. Ah, and so I was going to please, and his... you know, I was going to be that little shiny thing yep. that he loved. Okay. Right? Yep. And so I never was a, I never gave it any critical. But did you know it at that time? Or you just felt like that was the path you were supposed to take? I just was always going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Because I was huh. daddy's little girl. And that's what he, and it was, I got stroked for that, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. And uh, I mean, none uh, of this I knew at the time. Right, obviously. of course. This yeah. comes with years of experience mm. and reflection. But so I go into a legal uh, uh, in-house counsel position. I start doing uh, human resource type work. And what I realized is like, I actually love people. <laughs> and I love building things, right? But I hated corporate America because... Punching a time clock was like, oh my god, I was here at five in the morning and I left at midnight, but I got a call from this president. Like, why wasn't my car in the parking lot? Mm -hmm. Like, this is bullshit. Right. You know, I didn't go to law school for that. Yeah. And then, so I knew I hated that, and I had my first baby, and I was nursing, and I wanted to pump, and this was um, a trucking company, 
Um, so imagine, not I was the first female. Sort of a man's world. Yeah, I was the first sort female of. executive. Yeah. At the C level suite. Oh. And, wow. And like obviously nobody had asked to pump up work before. Right. So well, and that, you're the in-house counsel, which means you're automatically a little bit of a bitch. I'm already a bitch. Right. Yeah. I mean that's kind I'm of a badass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I hated huh. I hated that, and I started after having Izzy, my, my daughter, I started feeling like, okay, how am I going to balance, like, I want to be that mom who can, you know, go, if she, if the doctor call or the school calls and she's sick, I got to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't be in a situation where I've got a president, a CEO on, on my ass. Right. Because I'm picking on my daughter. Anyway, it was the first dot-com bubble. And my husband, who is a corporate M&A lawyer, um, had raised some money for a first, the, you know, the dot-com, mm -hmm. a, a startup, and it was three founders, and um, they needed help. They needed to figure out how to, you know, build their company, and I took the leap, and I, le I left corporate America, and I went into the startup world. Oh, wow. And then, so I was there, and basically, my role was CFO, CAO, were, yeah. you know, they were all the, <laughs> the people, and I... As you, as you know, we're going to talk about entrepreneurs don't have answers. Right. What we are is we are hmm. smart, capable people who solve problems, have a, have a vision, mm -hmm. and we solve problems because the road is never a straight path. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of zigging and a lot of zagging. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I went into that startup. Um, we grew it to 120 employees. Back in the day, venture capital would just throw money, and you yeah. didn't even have to prove yeah. an ROI. Jeez. I mean, like, literally. Yeah. And grew it to 120 in 18 months. And then um, the... In 18 months. Mm -hmm. That is major and growth. Major growth. Was it? Were you sustainable? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Did you implode? So here you go. Yeah. So the markets crashed mm. back oh. in the first bubble. And Silicon Valley Bank, who um, had our line... Yeah. They froze it, and the next, this oh. happened on a Friday, <laughs> I had to lay everybody off on the Monday. No. And then I had to fight off bankruptcy, and um, so in the learning of that was all the incredible growth learning up, and then all the stressful growth of the learning growth. Because they're mm -hmm. both growth. They're both growth. Yes. And fighting off bankruptcy and doing all of that. At the end of the day, uh, we sold the company. Here's the sad story. We sold the company to uh, a, a company out in California. Mm -hmm. Fire sale. Never yeah. saw a penny. No money. Oof. You know, that kind of thing. Six months later, they were purchased by Gannett News for like $10 million. Because oh, wow. we had built it. It was ready. Mm. And it was just the timing. It was timing. The oh, market crashed and Silicon Valley it. Bank froze us. And then we and had already built there was it. There nothing We to built do. the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So after that experience, um, <laughs> I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? I just had the most incredible experience, positively, mm. negatively, whatever you want to call it, but experience of my life. I mean, not, greenhouse of learning. Correct. Of, of because it, Completely out of your, like, what your training was. Yeah, completely. So you, you got know, an MBA. I had an, got an MBA. And mm -hmm. then, um, I, so I was like, I'm not going to corporate America. I'm not going to go be a lawyer. So what am I going to do? How am I going to take what I love? Because what I, as we all know as entrepreneurs, we become addicted to this crazy world mm -hmm. that we live in. So I started my own consulting company, and mm. because of my venture um, experience, I was hired by Boeing's incubator and Monsanto's incubator right off, and I ended up spending about 17 years just consulting to startup. Um, really? There's a big ecosystem in St. Louis the, in the life science world because mm -hmm. of WashU mm -hmm. and the, the uh, Monsanto and whatnot. So I did that, and then um, one of my clients. So you specifically consulted in startups, but in everything. that industry, but not startups across the board in any industry. It was well, specifically the life sciences world. Or no, not? I would consult to anything, but okay. I would tell you because of Boeing and Monsanto and the Center for Emerging Technologies, like ninety percent were in gotcha. technology mm -hmm. or life science. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But how did you know? First of all, how did you? How did you? Um, you transitioned. I understand how you did transitioned out. But how did you know that that was your niche? How did you say? Did you fall in love with the startup world um, I, during that? I fell in love with owning my life. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
I fell in love with not being, what I, what I often say is that as an entrepreneur, so we can, we're going to talk about the stresses of being an entrepreneur, mm. but the, the gift of being an entrepreneur, the, the thrill of being an entrepreneur is that you control your destiny. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love. It was like crack cocaine, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. making decisions, getting things done. Totally. If you want a widget, you make a widget and you move on. And you might fail. Yeah. You know what they, they say, um, fail quick, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But you made the widget as opposed to corporate America where it's like, 18 people in a meeting who's got to sign off on it and everybody's... And you're meeting to meet. You're meeting to meet. And you're meeting to plan another meeting. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like that. And um, so I knew that. I had learned that about myself. Mm. As an entrepreneur, you're the runner in the race, mm -hmm. right? Nobody can finish the race but you. There's going to be hurdles. Yeah. But how you finish the race is how you jump those hurdles. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's the difference between being an entrepreneur, which is so cool and so powerful, and being somebody in a corporate cog. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, the other thread of that is that I was a young mother. Mm. And so I, I needed to own oh, my world. Yeah. And so my husband and I oftentimes, you know, would stay up until midnight. And what I, one of my philosophies as a, as a leader has, is always, I don't care about nine to five. You're a professional. Get your job done. Yeah. And if that means you're working from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., you get the freedom to do that. Yep. Create your life. Yep. And so that the entre being an entrepreneur allowed me to also be the mother that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you go back. I mean, you say that. And, and as an entrepreneur, we know that our, our lives aren't 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. I, mean, un I mean, fortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately, I get to work and play and and be with my my wife and my partner in four business ventures and or two business ventures and plus two podcasts and so even when we are off work we're not off work because we're always talking about it mm -hmm. so we're always working um but i think that there is a little bit of misconception in that that um so who who was it um four hour work week tim oh yeah Great book. Paris. It is a it is Paris. a great book, yeah. but that you know it's not for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can do that because you. I mean, he there is a there. He had to build it up to that. Well, at so, a certain level, maybe. Right, but not starting out entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You can't do a four hour work. No, right? That's no, a joke. No um, and so, but I mean, like you said, he built there. He built a program totally. where he could do that. Um, because he had that mailbox money coming in, and he had other right, ventures right. that would pay him to work only work four hours a week, right. and check. And he had a staff, and so, but maybe my time to work is better from six in the morning to two in the afternoon, and by three my brain's dead. Yeah, you know. So it isn't a nine to five, but it is when you're when your time. You might be a night owl. That yeah. might be your strength right. where. Your day is because you want to be out in nature doing stuff. Right. And so I do think you have that, but it doesn't mean that you're in a four-hour work week. That's like right. Like Tim Ferriss. Oh, no. I mean, we all know that's a fiction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I work 24-7. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, I work seven days a week. Right. Um, so so then I, I did some of the majority of my life has just been in the startup world. And then one of my clients, um, it was a, a healthcare startup. Um, surgery benefits management asked me to come in as COO mm. and it was it was an equity play mm. and um, so I went in there for a couple a couple years and then there was an exit for me which um, allowed me to then hit the beach yep. and I said okay my husband had just become managing partner at a big law firm and I was like here's what I know I want to see if I can create something that I love because when you're making the choice to not be with your children, you better freaking love it, mm. right? Yep. Because yep. then it's in balance. It's a trade-off. Mm -hmm. It's in balance because mm -hmm. it's not work. Right. So I said, these are the things I know. I want to love it. I want to see if I can create a national brand. Mm. And that's all I knew. So and, what, uh, what year was that? Um, in what year? Uh, so it was probably a, almost a decade ago now. Oh, 10 years ago? Yeah. Okay. And how old yeah. were your children? Uh, Izzy just started middle school, and then I had two in elementary school. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So. And you're saying I want to create a national brand, which and is. And I like, don't have any idea, yeah. except I just want to love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And so I spent two years. I had wrote business plans. I had these crazy ideas. And then, as we all know, when you write a business plan, nobody wants to do it. They suck. But the reason you do it is because what happens in that process is you either continue to get excited, like, mm -hmm. oh my God, oh my God, I'm actually onto something, or you're like, ah, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for example, I had this. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I had this recycled fur um, concept where um, I was going to take recycled fur, uh, recycled fur, and then make like beautiful products out of them. Right. Huh. Like, First of all, where do you find recycled fur? Exactly. <laughs> so what I, as I started, you know, milking my resources, and I actually called Brad Commissar, who's in the fashion industry in New York, and. Started like, okay, how do we do this? Like, how do you get fabric, like, or fur and whatever? And what it became apparent is there's no consistent mm. supply. Yeah. So not a good business idea right. for me. Yeah. Anyway, so that was one idea. And then I'm drinking wine in New York City with a girlfriend. No good ideas ever happen no, over salad. No, And yeah. um, she says, how's your business coming? And I said, you know, I don't have it yet. I just want to love it. And she said, well, what do you love to do? And in that moment, I have no idea why. Hmm. It, was, it was in November, so it was like around the holiday season. Mm. I said, you know, I am so happy when I'm in my kitchen with hmm. my kids, licking fingers, being creative, mm -hmm. decorating. And she said, oh, you should really check out this new place in, down the street in Manhattan where they run chocolate down a conveyor belt. And the minute she said that, I was like, oh my God, it's Build-A-Bear for cake. And that's when it started. Hmm. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I was obsessed with it. And Build-A-Bear actually um, is uh, founded, the founders in St. Louis, hmm. who I have wow. a, relation, a relationship with. And I got back to St. Louis on Sunday night. I called, I called Maxine Clark or emailed Maxine Clark and said, I have an idea. I think it's Build-A-Bear. Will you meet with me? And Maxine Clark is who? Founder. Founder of a Build, Build a Bear. Bear. Got it. Yeah. We don't have children, so we wouldn't. Know. Do you know Build a Bear? <laughs> yeah, I well, well, yeah. I knew, well, I knew I, that I, name. I, I just wanted you to say that. It's, that's it's, it's um, experiential retail. Okay. Is, is, and she basically created yep. that entire market. Yep. And then now you see Pino's Palette mm -hmm. and painting places and all that kind of stuff. But right. it was her brainchild. Uh -huh. And um, she ran me through my paces. The whole time at bre breakfast, I'm like, shit. Instead of being like discouraged, because she was, she's, she's a tough, she's she's tough. Um, I kept thinking, you know, because sometimes when you get that negative feedback, you're like, oh fuck, it doesn't mm, work. Like, yeah. I'm not good. Like I missed yeah. it. Like whatever. And instead, my again, mm. being conscious of my body and being conscious of my interior mm -hmm. conversation that I'm having, I kept thinking. She just doesn't get it. Yeah. She doesn't get it. And so that to me was like feedback on, no, you're on to something. You just need to craft and your message. It doesn't yeah. matter if Maxine Clark doesn't get it. Right. Even though she's the goddess of, in you know, in St. Louis, she's certainly mm -hmm. royalty and all of that. And I was listening to my interior conversation. I said, "Oh no, you no, you're not giving up because you got. She just doesn't get it yet." So you had to do that work at 24 to be ready for that work Absolutely. at 40, and, whatever. And this whole thing is or has been preparing something. me for that. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. where the next phase will mm -hmm. be. Um, and I have zero retail experience. None. Yeah. Right. Like, who who am I? How audacious of me to think that I could go do this thing, but that's what entrepreneurs do, right? Mm -hmm. We just, yeah. we figure it out. It's not about, you know, you hire for, I always, I always tell my staff, like, I don't really care what the resume says. Like there's, I don't really care about checking right. off these boxes. Yep. I care about how this person shows up and are they a thinker and do they have the right attitude and cause people solve, you know, you can solve mm -hmm. problems. Yep. So. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a long rendition of my No, my no, no, I, I, I love it. So it, how long did you take before you opened your, from the concept, right, where you're sitting at wine to when you actually went live with it? What was that process? Two years. Two years. Two years. And what is it? Okay, yeah. So the process was, wrote the build, I wrote the Sweetology business plan. So that's your company, Sweetology. Yeah, Sweetology, yeah. 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 I wrote the Sweetology business plan, and then I um, 
I knew after really thinking through this that there was there are no barriers to entry. I flew around the country figuring out if other people were trying to do it. I did my due diligence. And I knew, nobody was doing it really. There was there's one entity out in LA. So explain the concept behind it. I mean, like, give so, us, a, give the, our listeners a little bit more. Okay, Sweetology is a. They've already googled you, but. Okay, so Sweetology is um, <laughs> experiential retail is the general bucket, but it's mm-hmm. around the decoration of cakes, cookies, and cupcakes. Hmm. So the way I so the whole store is like colorful and edible. So the way I describe it because it hasn't been done yet. So as entrepreneur, you have to figure out how to connect the person Mm. you're talking to, to this new novel concept. Right. So the best way that I've come to explain it is, imagine Cake Boss Mm -hmm. meets Willy Wonka. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm gonna go and lick your countertops. Yeah, (laughs) you want to lick my countertops, exactly. (laughs) That sounds, yeah. That sounded pretty bad, sorry. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that, so that's sweetology. That is awesome. Yeah. So you have, um, okay. So you, you were, let's go back. Cause I, I we could go down a million rabbit trails, but you built the business plan, mm-hmm. built the business plan. So what I've learned after doing my due diligence was people are going to copy me mm-hmm. as soon as they, this comes right. out. And I got researched into and talked to lawyers about like how do I protect this? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you can't nope. patent or protect cake decorating, mm. right? Yep. But what I could protect is my brand. Mm-hmm. And so I spent eight months, I hired a, a brand strategy firm. And I spent eight months, and by the way, one of the most fun processes mm. ever hmm. to just be in that room and all you get to do is be creative and, yeah. mm-hmm. and the sky is the limit. And we peeled back, that process is, I recommend it for everybody because it mm. forces you to peel everything back to get at the heart yeah. of what it is, what is your value proposition. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and created the brand and um, then I went and uh, raised capital. Yep. And I how much did you have to raise? Three hundred thousand. Okay. And um, friends and family. Yep. It was it was very easy, uh, easy. Easy, I mean, quote unquote. I mean, yeah. right. In the sense of you know, once you get out into the institutional venture world, it's a whole nother yeah. game. But um, yeah, and nobody got it. You know, nobody got it. They didn't. No, like they. One, here's a here's a that's aw- when you know you're on here's an awesome story <laughs> awesome story so my father-in-law is a pretty button-up guy and he doesn't he's he's very um, he's a great father-in-law and the reason why he's a great father-in-law he doesn't get in into any of the the messiness right like they just there's there's this he's really good mm-hmm so I'm out pitching all over and he's with at the baseball game with um, one of his clients who I actually pitched to who was going to invest. He was mm-hmm. going to be my first investor. And they're at the baseball game. And um, my father-in-law told me early on, he said, I'm not going to invest in you. And it's mm. not because I don't want to support you. It's because I never want this to be in the middle of our relationship. Right. Yep. Okay. So they're at the baseball game, and um, dear friend Mont Levy is like, "I'm throwing money at you," hmm. and and so he says to my father-in-law, "Yeah, I'm going to invest in Kara," and and he's like, "But you are too, Michael," and he said, "No, I'm not. I'm not investing. You know, Barbara and I have made a decision. We just don't do that with family members." Okay, mm-hmm. and my Mont says, "Well, I'm investing in the woman," and amen, and. Yes. Yes. My father-in-law invested in me, <laughs> and but he did it in such a beautiful way because mm, what he—he's wow. also a lawyer. Yeah. He created an LLC where he put the money, hmm. and then LLC invested in me. So we never have to muddy the water. Like he never—he was so so touching to me, mm, yeah. and so and we figured, and so it's actually been a really a joy in our relationship. Yeah. Wow, because we get to share it, and he mm-hmm. basically handed me the check and said. I just want you to know, I've said goodbye to this money, yeah, and I have no expectations around this money, and it will never be in in, in our relationship, you know. And the it's best cool. day was when you pay him back. It's yeah, right? that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. 
So I think that's part of something that I want to just stop and highlight for entrepreneurs. So it is really, really hard to be an entrepreneur, and we will talk about that a little bit more. But the joys of it mm. on things like that with the interactions with people that you never expect, where you're like, holy shit, we're on sacred ground. Yeah. You know? And you're like, because I wouldn't ever, I mean, honestly, it makes me tear up because we just had this conversation yesterday um, where the network that we have built as a result of being entrepreneurs who are not giving up is something that's like literally takes my breath away. It's profound. It mm-hmm. is profound. It is profound to go out in the world because a lot of a lot of like my <clears throat> internal conversations are around fear and all the hard moments that I've had are all around fear, right? Yep. But it is a profound space it is. when you walk into the fear and all you get back is love and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. if you and you see yeah. it and you you can bring it in, right? Yeah. And it's self-perpetuating. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right when you need it, it comes. Yep. <laughs> right. And, so. And then all you want to do is give that to somebody else. Yeah. For sure. It's like when you receive on such a level like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're sitting here with Kim Powell, and Kim has been. I mean. I could get real emotional about that, but Kim has been so instrumental in encouraging us when we needed it the most. Mm-hmm. And she don't even know. Like, right. I mean, I can talk about you third person, but she don't even know that. Mm-hmm. And but the the level that she has invested in us makes us just want to be that much better, mm-hmm. right? Because when somebody believes in you, right. when you don't feel like you're worth believing right. in, right. then you're like, holy shit, like right. they see something in me that I need to live up to. And they don't communicate that expectation. But don't, I mean, everything yeah. you're saying mm-hmm. about your father-in-law yeah. is the most beautiful story that hits me in a really deep spot Yeah, because he got it with yeah. you. Like yeah. he believed in you. He always did. Right. But Mont gave him the permission to go, no, 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 no. You you can you don't have to separate church and state. You can right. do it in a way where you believe in her and he just empowered you in a way that I'm not sure that many other people could have. Like right. he needed to do that. Yeah. No, right? it was profound. I love it. It was profound. And don't you think women do that too? I mean, we always walk around with this this exterior of like we think we all have to have it like yeah. all the answers and all together and buttoned up and the minute that we're honest and real yeah. with the fear whatever's going on the hard the hard moments the times where we want to give up because it happens yeah. right and we allow ourselves to let this in yeah it's 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 pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Well, it's it's amazing, and I I mean I go back. There was a time in my and there've been multiple times like this where I'm just literally broken. I don't feel like I have anything to offer the world. I've been um, just brought to a level that I didn't know that I could get to. Right, but in those moments, I'll never forget. There have been people that have said to me, "That's when you're most beautiful." Mm. Oh my God, that's awesome. And mm. I'm like. I don't feel, I feel the least beautiful that I've ever felt in my life. Right. But there's a vulnerability because I have this, I've got it, I've got my shit together. Like I'm, I, I will be successful. I'm going to push, push, push until I'm, but people can't relate to that. What they can relate to is that vulnerability and they go, whoa, you're human. Like mm-hmm. you, you experienced this too. Okay. Now we can talk. Right. Now you're on my level. Now you're beautiful. And I'm like, oh man, what and a don't lesson. don't you think the process of being an entrepreneur, like not to get too out there, but everything that you as a human being have to work on, mm-hmm. like all your shit, all yep. your baggage, yep. all of it shows up in the process, yeah, totally. right? Yeah. And so whatever that baggage is and that shit is, it shows up in the process and it's exactly the thing that has to show up in the process yeah. for you to then work on yep. you, yep. like on a really fundamental mm-hmm. level. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny that she brings that up because I read The Secret, I don't know if you know that book. Yeah, I, I read do. The Secret many years ago, like when it first came out and, and I think I had some transformal places in my life through that. And then I just started, um, when I, uh, I'm on the treadmill, I like to watch documentaries. I can't listen to podcasts. I like to see something because the treadmill, I'm not seeing anything right. other than a wall. Um, and so I started watching The Secret on Netflix um, this morning because I just finished the 
Tony Robbins series. So, you know, I'm all empowered right, now. Right. And, you know, got my shit together. <laughs> and Roar not. Roar yeah, not at or all. Not. But <laughs> until tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. until tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. And so, um, and, and I'm watching The Secret this morning, and I'm only, you know, 40 minutes in because I only did 40 minutes on the treadmill. And, you know, I, I, I was telling her on, on the way we had a meeting first thing this morning, and I was like, you know, it is about the power of attraction. It is about your mindset. It is your and, mindset. And I have it probably in the past year have not been in the greatest mindset. And I'm realizing this every day where I, we just hung up a picture in our bedroom that says, every morning I'll wake up singing. That puts you in the mindset of today's going to be a great day. And it's like today is Good News Friday. We have a Good News Friday. We call it on Fridays, you know. Not every Friday is a good news Friday, but this today I feel like we're going to get some good news. So, you know, we call it when we feel it, but it's really throwing that stuff out into the universe. Just saying, something's off, so how can I create the momentum to put it back on? Right. Or get into a forward position uh, going forward instead of going backwards. And so, all into today, we just had this really hard conversation on our way to the meeting. It's like, I am need to change my mindset. Right. So the coronavirus yeah. is, is a positive for us. Right. And so how, I mean, it's, 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 it's such a horrible thing, but how can we turn this into a positive where it can be on our side instead of against us? Right. And the challenge is all of us go into these dark holes. Mm -hmm. All of us go into these places of like, just yeah. dukes up, retract. Oh my God, I'm getting beat up. It's always a no. It's always mm -hmm. like, I have no more in me. Right. And the moment, like, one of the things that I try to do, literally, like, when I'm, first of all, the, the key is to know, the, the conscious moment to know that you're in the moment, mm -hmm. right? And then, what can I create, one thing, what can I create today, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to throw something out in the universe, maybe I'm just going to cold call somebody, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, but what can I create today? And then, the minute you have the mindset to then go create is the minute... Your body then relaxes mm -hmm. and you start feeling positive again mm -hmm. because you're the powerful one, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So I want you to speak to the, uh, the, I mean, I have a million thoughts in my head, but this is the one that I want you to speak to. Yeah. So people um, want to be around winners, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about all this vulnerability, all this transparency. To me, too much of that is like, ugh, like... I get that you're having mm -hmm. a hard time. Like, I get it. So how do you find that balance of being the winner that's also transparent? Um, you redefine your goal. You redefine what success looks like. And I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's fine. Okay, so what does that mean? Redefine what success so when looks I get like. It, so to me, so I have this company, right? This audacious thing. And my vision is I'm going to be in every city in America mm -hmm. and I'm going to spread this joyful experience to mm -hmm. everybody. And so that is success as it relates to, you know, my business plan. Mm -hmm. But really success is how I experience my life as I'm going through this process. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what actually is going to happen at the end of this. I may, in quotations, fail. Mm -hmm. But then is that failure? Because if you look at my career, yeah. everything that I have done has created the next opportunity and I have learned more about myself, more about my skill set. You know, I've created all these relationships. And at the end of the day, I actually created something. Mm -hmm. Did I get, have I gotten to the grand vision? We don't know. Right. Right? And so redefining what success is allows you always to be around winners. Mm -hmm. Right? Love it. So, yeah. <laughs> this is as good as it gets on the yeah. podcast. I'm just saying. Like, maybe it's just this me that's easy. energized, but hopefully as a listener, you're, um, you're like given the thumbs up in your car on your walk or whatever. This is good stuff. Yeah, I want to chime in real quick just because yeah. Kim Powell speaks. Kim Powell, I, yes, I'm over here drinking my mimosa working. The wife is an entrepreneur. Yeah, drinking mimosa while I work. I, I think Kara had the line. I love that line. I, I hope you. I think you wrote it down. It said like I fell in love with my life or control. Mm. Yeah. Said, but anyway, I love that. We should get that on a T-shirt or something. Yeah. Right? I loved that very much. But I wanted to say, one thing is Kara's husband Bob. 
who's an amazing human being, and my husband Keith is an amazing human being, yes. it, I think there is something to be said for having also partners that support mm-hmm. you and believe in you. We yeah. didn't, you know, we didn't who, touch who on that. wipe you off the floor. Yeah. yeah. And, and help, yeah. And help yeah. keep food on the table while you're yeah, chasing your dream down. You know, right. we're very blessed to have spouses that support us. A lot of people I know and speak to, their spouses are like, that'll never work. Or like, mm-hmm. they, they tear them down and that that's just twice as hard. I mean, twice mm-hmm. as hard. Almost yep. insurmountable sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. I, I actually, you know, so Bob is great, but, but it's not perfect, right? Because... I remember being in the bathtub, and I was going for this, and my husband thinks I walk on water. Like, I, have, mm. I am completely loved, head to toe. He thinks I'm the smartest, best, whatever. I'm so lucky. Well, if y'all see her eyes, you would see that, because I'm <laughs> mesmerized by her eyes. The most beautiful eyes. Oh, oh thank, man. thank you. So, <laughs> not even popping. Uh, yeah. Not even popping. And <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't get it. Because it's cake decorating. He's like, honey, I don't. How can you scale that? I remember like that's, being yeah. in the bathtub with tears just running down my face because it was the first time. Naked, vulnerable. Yeah, and yeah. my husband, who's the guy who always has my back, he didn't get it. Hmm. And then again, I was like, all right, am I giving up? And I'm like, no, I got pissed. And I went down, got out of my tub, put on my pajamas, and I went down and said, I'm hurt because this didn't feel, you know, like, I don't even know what I said, but like, and we had that real raw conversation. I was like, I need you to just, and and he was like, oh my God, you're right, like, you're, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred and you're right, I think this is, you know, and it just, you know. So they're perfect, but it's yeah. it's hard because it's yeah. scary. It is. Yeah, yeah but you, know. you, you were able to communicate with him. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and, and have those hard conversations and being in it with, uh, like, we're all in as spouses in the same, we're in the same business. Yep. And so we only have each other. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's not perfect all the time. And we have hard conversations. And sometimes we don't know where our next house payment is going to come from. Right. You know, we don't know because we're both in it. Right. Um, and but I can only imagine the fear that you can sometimes get yourself into on that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's uh, not not sleepless nights because we're up partying. It's sleepless nights because we are in total panic. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's knowing that we're in it together mm-hmm. is where we find our comfort. Yeah. And that he's in the, when and I, and I, and I would... I would venture to say that when he said, I'm in it with you, you were able to relax. I was. And I will tell you now. So those those were baby stakes mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah. right? Little money. Right. And I've, I'm supposed to be opening my third store Sunday. Sunday. I'm here. <laughs> Where, where's your third store? They're all in St. Louis. They're all in St. Louis. So this is a milestone for me because uh, we can talk about it later, but why this You're third, here to be on the podcast. Third store. Yeah. <laughs> My fear, I mean, there's big money, personal big money. As you guys know, like, you have to personally yep. guarantee everything. We've financed, you know, we're doing a commercial kit, like, big money. And I'm the one who's always, I, my tendency, based on, you know, my upbringing and where I come from, is always to go in the scarcity mode. Mm. And Bob is now the... You're killing it. Like, you're on it. We're doing this. Like, get yeah. out of your fear place, man, because I'm in. Like, it's, wow. it's, it's good. It's that real good. Is awesome. Oh, that is awesome. So go back to that. What you just said is really interesting. You come from a place of scarcity. Why? Well, I think we all, um, my family. Yeah. Like, um, dysfunction, alcoholism, hmm. divorced parents not stable. Kim and I were actually just talking about this last night about, you know, our two parents and our childhood and how, how we were, you know, cause at the end of the day, we, we all are conditioned by these formative moments in totally. our, that create the tape right. that you play in your head. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what the, being an entrepreneur to me, I think I was, I, I didn't say it very artfully earlier, but that process of being an entrepreneur is the thing that is helping you unwind because mm. everything that shows up is exactly what is going on because what happened to you and your tape and your perceptions as a little person, mm. right? Yep. And so I was in a scarcity mode. I never knew. I was all, you know, I never knew if 
what was going to happen with my dad. I never knew if I, you know, I, there was, they were divorced and so the money was an issue and, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily need to go into that, but, yeah. you know, but that's what I mean by scarcity. But mm. a lot of like deep level fears. Fear will surface when now you're going out on your own venture, right? Because right? what, what's the scaffolding that's going to hold me up? Because there wasn't any before. Right. So is there going to be any now? Right. Probably and not. Bob and I always talk about this because my husband, I think you will agree with this, Kim, is literally like his cup runneth over. <laughs> he <laughs> never he never sees negativity, right? Mm. His, and so people are either, I always think like, there, there are two types of people. There are those people who see go to scarcity and those people who are just are like abundant. And he's so, it's so empowering hmm. to be in abundance, right? Because, okay, we're, we'll lose everything. We'll just go create more. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And so there is no fear. He knows the secret. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I live a little like, you know, Bob, Bobby and I are rose-colored glasses people for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and with, uh, you know, sidebar here. Kara's really the one who gave me the courage to open Woodhouse. And it's the craziest thing because when she created Sweetology, I went out to see her first store. And I was like, I can't believe you just created this out of your brain, you know? And, we, <laughs> and we've always had this joke, like, oh, yeah. you be Oprah, I'll be Gail. And I'm like, no, you be Oprah, I'll be Gail. <laughs> you know? And she's like, no, you're Oprah, I'm Gail. I'm like, Listen, one of us has just got to be Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just read that people call you the Charleston Oprah. So, oh, yeah. that's, so you're Gail. All right. right. I'm good with that. I'm totally that good with that. true and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, but. It's it's funny because she created this thing out of thin air, her, her imagination. It's just amazing to me that people can create things out of thin air. Like, yeah, that's fascinating. It is amazing. But when but we've always sort of tag team a little, and so I'm like, well, if she can do it, then I guess I could open them. Like, but I don't know if I would have had that confidence. And I, huh. and I do think all entrepreneurship comes down to confidence. Mm -hmm. I agree. Life comes down to confidence. I don't think yeah. it's... I would, I would argue with you. Okay. I would not say confidence. I would say courage. Yeah. Courage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. It's but courage. you know what? It's like what you just said is huge because watching somebody else do it who you know and love for yeah. so long yeah. gives you that courage. And right. so for, for you, if you're listening to this... And you're wanting to start something, surround yourself with people who've done it, right? Because then what you'll do is you'll go, oh, if they've done it, it's hard, it's not easy. But if you've got the fortitude to like keep marching forward and you surround yourself with other people who've done it, it really does give you these wings to be able to fly where you're like, oh, well, if they can do it, there's no reason why I can't. Mm -hmm. All the same resources, all the same time in a day. Um, all the same knowledge is available to you if you're willing to go out and get it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but that's really cool to me is that yeah. the power I, of, I don't think I've been, I mean, as an entrepreneur, we own several businesses, but I'd never really thought about owning a franchise and hers is not yet franchise at Lily yep. all over the world, but it, but it was just like, wow. I mean, like she did something brand new mm -hmm. at this stage of her life, like something that didn't exist before. And I mm -hmm. thought, just never considered doing something like that. It just mm. wasn't even on my you know, radar, hmm. but she kind of put it on my radar. Yeah. And look how it changed your life. Oh, I mean, man, you were living totally. in Dayton, Ohio. I think this was all in the same time period, right? Yeah. Where it's you were like, crazy. yeah, yeah. you fell in love with Charles. I mean, you fell in love with um, Woodhouse yeah. and then, and then, then you, yeah. you showed up at Charleston and you're like, oh my God, why am I not living in the city? Yeah. And the two things kind of came together. Yeah. So ultimately yeah. we have to thank you for oh. our friend Kim Powell. <laughs> yes, really. It's so true. It really is true. I, I hadn't really thought about it in a long time. I know you know that, but I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And then when, yeah. when you were just talking about starting, I was like, oh, it's interesting hmm. that this is a very full circle moment. Right? Uh, totally. Mm -hmm. I love it. But the possibilities, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. when, when you, when you, when you dare to dream, right? When you yeah. dare to think, what, why not me? What right. else? Yeah. Do I love what I'm doing? Do right. I love where I live? Life is so short. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do what you love or at least start pursuing it mm -hmm. for sure. So dream a little bit. What do you want, Sweetology? What do you want? So you're, you just, you said you're 50-ish. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So what do you want the, the rest of your life? What's the legacy you want to leave? So um, bottom line, I want um, to be the person that my kids learned from. Mm -hmm. That's it. Hmm. I mean, I and that. how old are they now? Uh, tw Twenty-one, mm -hmm. uh, eighteen. So I have two in college, mm -hmm. and I have one still at home who's a ninth grader who's fifteen. Okay. 
Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, that, like, boil it all down. Yeah. That's it. Mm. And I think we were just talking about this last night. Like, it's not about the money. You know, it's not, it's, like, ultimately, yeah, I want to, it would be awesome. You know, I still haven't paid myself. Yeah. Um, Me either. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, but, you know, Sweetology would be a national brand and I will, um, you know, I'm in this really pivotal place where this third store, you know, every store I've learned and every store I've had to hone the model and fine tune it and figure it out. And I now call it, I, I now call it um, Sweetology in a Box, where hmm. this third store that is opening on Sunday that I'm not there for. Which is amazing. Um, Trust. That's, I mean, that is trust. Yeah, that's trust. Amazing. And um, it's going to be Sweetology in a box. So I and I learned from Kim um, with that the the night that we were here for the beef jerky opening because mm-hmm. I had custom built all my stores and I always knew Sweetology had to be you know plug and play like you could, it had to be replicable and scalable and whatnot and. Kim was, I was just, this is the universe, man. Like, literally the universe. And it speaks to you if you're just open to it. Totally. And we were there at Beach Rookie when I met you all. Mm -hmm. And suddenly she's like, yeah, they put this whole thing, this company out in Cincinnati put this whole thing together for me in 48 hours. And I said, huh? You can do that? (laughs) I, of course, called them on Monday because entrepreneurs, we don't... We That's don't right. let grass grow. No, I was so blown away by that company. And it is interesting how different franchises you learn... Now I'm learning all these other new things, which then yeah. move on to something So else. I hired right. this company right. in, in Cincinnati. KDM. At KDM. Give them a shout out. Yep. A shout out. And Absolutely. we were in ideation for, you know, six months. And they came and they built my store in 48 hours. Oh, no way. It's, so and it's gorgeous. They're, and they're there amazing. now. They're, no, right. they're done. And it's our hometown. No, but now we're baking. Yeah. We're baking right now, and we have we started booking parties um, in your new store. Yeah, and yeah. it's opening. And I will shout out to my staff. Here's at the bottom line. First of all, we can't do this without good people. Good people. Absolutely. And uh, I have the best. Hmm. And I just and they're hard to find. They're hard mm-hmm. to find. Yeah. I didn't. It, it's taken five years. Yeah. <laughs> this will be my third store in five years. So. Um, yeah, it's opening. Knock on wood. Yeah. So I didn't know if you know Jules's family has had in the bakery business for fifty years. I think we talked yeah. about that. Their fifty yeah. year is this year. Oh my gosh! Bakery um, yeah. and one of the top wedding bakers in the United States. Um, totally so. different concept. Yeah, it is a whole yeah. Yeah. But she understands. You, you do speak beautiful the wedding cakes, right. And That kind of stuff. Right. Um, right. But um, de- well, but, I don't. But I used yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. I used oh, to you decorate. Do. Oh yeah. You oh, get right. talent. Oh yeah. All right. All right. We need to go to. We need to go to road trip. I'm not sure that I would say. I think we just need to bring it to Charleston. Yeah. But we. Can, but we can get her sister involved on that. So, uh, so, so my mom did a birthday cake for Ronald Reagan. Get That's out. The, yeah, did the like the little um, no. the jelly beans. That no. Like. no, amazing. If there's anybody listening out there that wants to own a Sweetology in Charleston, yeah. I say we get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kim will make it happen yeah. for you. <laughs> Well, I'm ready, so you know, yeah, let's go Charleston. So that's kind of the dream. Is the dream is to franchise it and mm-hmm. allow people to plug yeah. and play the boxes, yeah. the sweet allergy box in a box, yeah, yeah. all over the US. Yeah, who doesn't uh, like decorating cakes and cupcakes? And, uh, like, super fun. Yeah, it's just happy. Like I am yeah. in the business of making people happy. You should see like people when they walk in the store. I was showing Kim pictures yesterday. It's just like there's there's no way not to be happy. It's like Willy right. Wonka. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Meats. Don't go lick the countertops. Yeah. I was just no, kidding, no, people. No. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That's but. amazing. <laughs> but real buttercream. Like, yeah. Amazing. We call it crack. Like, you have to have a rule. Like, you have to stop eating the buttercream. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's not the real greasy, like... No, it's five ingredients. Right. Just butter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tahitian That's the vanilla. Kind of, yeah, yeah. And mm. That's amazing. Some confectioner yeah. sugar and... Yep. Mm. I'm not going to tell you my whole secret, no, but yeah. No, no, it's five yeah. ingredients. I, I could probably guess them being in the yeah, bakery. Yeah, you can. podcast is, but she actually... I'm just going to brag on her. She did, she did major entrepreneurial thing after the first two stores decided to open a commercial kitchen to really drive the revenue and drive down, oh, obviously, yeah. the expenses. That's a huge thing to shift, and being an entrepreneur is to take one concept and then be smart enough to start slow. Yeah. Right? To right. not maybe do it the first time. So I outsourced the baking. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right. Before. I knew it needed to be good because you have to have, like, top-line mm-hmm. products yeah. because people aren't going to spend the money if it's not good. So yeah. I outsourced to the best in St. Louis. 
But um, hmm. that's the other piece. Thanks, Kim. That's the other piece of this milestone of this third store is that I build a commercial kitchen. So yeah. now that's my mar so now back to the business side. My margins, <laughs> my yeah. margins are now shifting oh, in a yeah. huge <laughs> exactly. way. Right. Because I'm now doing the baking. But you would have never thought about doing that when so you I, first started out, right? Oh, you it. did. Yeah. Because, it was part of your business plan. Well, I didn't know. It was something that I. Yeah. I struggled with, right? right like which right. which way to go? And at the end of the day, I I made the decision. I don't know if it was the right. I mean, there it was just a decision. I made the decision to outsource. It was the right decision because I didn't know what was coming. Mm -hmm. I didn't. We did think about it five years ago. Like two years have been spent in what sweet outlet? Like what? Are you a bakery? Like mm -hmm. what? I don't even understand this. Mm -hmm. So like I made that decision to like. Keep it simple, because mm -hmm. I learned that with my first my first startup. So my first startup, we thought we needed to build the Mercedes. So, mm -hmm. and we and remember how I was talking about how we missed the window mm -hmm. by the market crash, Oof. and the thing was built yeah. because it was always about building the Mercedes, mm. and we had a nice little Ford <laughs> four door. Yep. That worked and did it. And First on race day. Yeah. And that was my big learning about mm -hmm. why I actually made that decision mm -hmm. because keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Like don't take, don't eat the whole elephant, mm -hmm. right? Keep it simple. Man, it's hard though. Laser on what yeah. your core is. And so I made that decision and now third store, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to expand. So it's a spoken hub model, right? Yeah. This one investment into this commercial kitchen, because they're not inexpensive, hadn't built one before, now I know. Right. It will service a 300 mile radius. Mm. So it, so now all the ones in a 300 mile radius are, are you're, less you're footprint yeah, and we, amazing. we will transport the baked products oh, back and it. forth. Oh, I'm so, so excited. It's brilliant. Yeah. Really, it is. Really. And yeah. that, that's, that's the real tenacity of entrepreneurship, right? When you, mm -hmm. when you're in and then you see something, you're like, you know, you have to do it and it's going to be really hard. Yeah. <laughs> really painful. But you but know, on the other side of that, yeah, there's, there's great, great yeah. scalability mm -hmm. and opportunity. So yeah. I think that's exciting. I think that's a, I think this is a pivotal moment. I really do. I think yeah. this is like, milestone. I think this is a big deal yeah. right now. This is yeah. a big this weekend. I really do. <laughs> and and here I'm you are. not there. <laughs> and here you are drinking. Cheers. Cheers. GSD. So, I mean, I would say, um, I mean, sweetology, the study of sweetness, the study of happiness, which leads into happiness. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you've created that, are, are creating that, and I do see it as a national brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, we need to wrap this up, um, but I want to, do you have any questions that are, like, burning in you to ask Kara as we wrap up? Like, our, our yeah. end of podcast questions? Yeah. Yeah, what is your favorite cocktail? I mean, I do. I want to know that. What, oh. makes, what makes you happy <laughs> in a glass? I'm a Cosmo girl. Cosmo. Really? Oh, Cosmo. Yeah, you're right. high school. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a yeah. Cosmo girl. All right, Cosmo. A lot of calories. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But good all the way down. Good. And so you got to have the rule, right? Like, somewhere between... Once you go off to the third one, <laughs> probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the next morning. And they go down gonna, so good, yeah, easily. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. My mother says, one drink, two at the most, three I'm on the floor, four I'm under the hose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. So my final question for you is, who has been a really big mentor in your life? My husband. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my husband. Talk just a little bit more about that. Me, Bobby. It's, a, it's me, Bobby. Um, it's, it's around the abundance hmm. conversation. He has taught me to hmm. let go and trust that it's enough. Hmm. And you can create whatever you need. It's enough. And, uh, I mean, um, I think you might agree. I mean, it makes me tearful, but, like, yeah, yeah. I met him in law school and the, the journey that he and I have taken together and uh, what I needed to learn, he was the perfect life partner. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a um, famous psychiatrist that does a lot of relationship stuff. It was on Oprah, I can't remember his name, I feel so bad. But um, 
and it, it talks about you attract you know what you need to mm-hmm. heal right mm-hmm. and so it's fascinating to me some of the lessons that come in my life of, you know it, because I'm like, like evidently I need to learn that right right mm-hmm. so it is funny and they're best friends and they were best friends yeah before mm-hmm. they really fell in love so that was cool but they're, they're so fun to be with mm-hmm. I mean you, there's no two people other than you two people oh. <laughs> I mean the six of us just need to go out <laughs> Let's do All, it. Right. All right. So what I love about everything that we should, to finish this episode, what I love about it is that everything in your life, listener, as you're like dial in here, like stop what you're doing. And if you haven't heard anything else, listen to this. Everything in your life is to grow you. Everything, mm-hmm. every relationship that's in your life, every business that you're pursuing, every job that you're in, every hardship that you're experiencing Every single thing is for the ultimate goal of you being a more whole human, right? Mm-hmm. So that, so that what? You can continue to create. You can create. And evolve. And evolve mm-hmm. and give it away. Yeah. yeah. And be that person for somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. So what an amazing, you're an awesome human. Oh, you know? gosh. They, it sure. was fun. It was yeah. real fun. Yeah. I enjoyed Thank it we a lot. Knew it. We knew it from a hell of. Uh, you were yeah. a special space. A year in the making. But um, yeah. Any anybody that comes to us from Kim Palace, somebody that we know we want to get I'm to. I'm just know, a so. little embarrassed that I talked about the um <laughs> the physical Here we go. thing. Poop? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm all right. just a little we'll get shit done. And we'll yeah, get shit done. Yeah. It's GST <laughs> And listen, there is a children's book that's called Everybody Poops. Oh, I know that one. So we know it. it's a reality. I know it. All right. With that, listener, thank you for hit and play again. We never, ever, ever take it for granted you have so many choices and you chose us today so thank you for that we hope that you take even just one thing from this podcast episode apply it to your life and go be a better human all right thanks have a great day